Welcome to The Bittersweet Life, a show for expats, former expats, travelers, and dreamers. It's a show about letting go of the rope, so to speak, and what happens when you do. If you're new to the show, I encourage you to go back to episode one and join us for the whole journey. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Tiffany Parks, the one of us that is expecting a baby. And because you're in Italy expecting a child, we decided to talk about it a little bit more because my questions are piling up now about what it's like over there to have a baby. Not just the fact that you're overseas, but the fact that you are in Italy specifically and what that means for you as a pregnant woman. One of my main questions is if the people on the street are treating you differently because the buses in Italy, in Rome, are very, very crowded. The streets, people don't really step aside for others. Does it matter that you're pregnant or are people just doing exactly what they've always been doing? That's an interesting question because it's yes and no. Today, specifically... I was walking down the street and people were not, you know, they were just kind of like heading straight at me, which is normal. It's not like they were trying to hurt me or anything. I think that if they knew, if they looked and noticed that I was pregnant, they would maybe be a little more cautious. But if you think about it, you don't really look at people that much, at least not here. I don't know, maybe in in other cities it's different, but I think people are so in their own world that they don't necessarily look and notice if someone is pregnant. I mean, if they're huge, then maybe yes. So I'm not going to blame people for that. I have noticed that one-on-one, people are nicer. I was in the grocery store just a little bit earlier today, and there were huge lines in the grocery store today. And this woman said, oh, you know, you should go, you should go ahead, you know, move ahead in this line. She was really nice, and and I've gotten that from other people, like on a one-on-one basis. I get a little bit of special treatment, and I'd always heard that Italians love pregnant women and that they treat pregnant women really well. In that sense, I'm getting it. However, having said that, I find that nine times out of ten, drivers are absolutely just as reckless and ruthless as always. When I walk to my bus stop in the morning... I kind of have to go around a very slightly dangerous corner where there's no sidewalk and there's a big wall and, you know, I can't see the other side and they can't see me. I always, like, hug my stomach. I put one hand on top and one hand on the bottom so it's obvious that I'm pregnant and I hope that that will make people slow down. And occasionally they will. But sometimes they just barrel right by you and you think, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I already get angry when people barrel past me really close, really fast, because I just think that that's so, it's just so reckless and so rude and it scares people, you know, needlessly. When you're pregnant, obviously, it's a hundred times worse, especially because, and I mean, I'm sure that this is rare, but if, you know, if you're pregnant and you get really scared, like you have a real shock, even if nothing physically happens to you, that can be really damaging. It can, especially in the first months, cause miscarriage. 
it's something that I think about now. I'm sure many other women have as well. So that's kind of unfortunate. As far as the bus is concerned, it's really hit or miss. And I think it's the same as sort of the people walking down the street. Most people don't look up from their phones to even notice that there's a pregnant woman standing next to them. It's a good uh, lesson for me in the future when I'm no longer pregnant to make sure that I don't have my nose in my book or on my phone and I look around and make sure there isn't someone who needs to sit down. Because I generally find when people do notice that I'm standing there, they will give me their seats. But half the time, they just don't even look up. Do you think that pregnant women should be treated more carefully than the average bear? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously I'm biased right now, but as far as the bus is concerned, regardless of whether you're the pregnancy is making your back hurt and you're really tired or whatever. Your center of gravity changes when you're pregnant. It happens fast, so it's hard to keep up with it. And you can be very, very clumsy when you're pregnant. The last thing that you want is to fall down when you're pregnant. And the buses in Rome are very bumpy, as I'm sure you can remember. And they break really fast. And it's very, very common, and it's happened to me dozens and dozens of times that I'm standing on a bus and the bus driver breaks and everybody in the bus like slides to one side. And you don't want to be in that situation when you're a pregnant woman and get squished or fall to the ground in the worst case scenario. Err on the side of caution because it's a life and you don't want to put it in danger needlessly. So I think, yes, I think if a woman is visibly pregnant, you should offer her your seat no matter what. But I would say the same thing for an elderly person. What was the reaction of your office to the news? Seeing as you're the editor, basically, of Where Rome magazine, you're the native English speaker in the office of an English-speaking magazine. Yeah. What was their reaction? Te yeah, technically I'm not the editor, but I am the head of the editorial department. So whatever that means. Um, but you're the editor. So. Yeah, basically. It, <laughs> it, they were actually really happy for me. I was surprised. I was shocked. I thought that they would be a little bit grouchy about it. Um, but they were all really nice, really supportive. Been great, actually. I'm going to take maternity leave. In Italy, we're really lucky. Not only do they, does the government force people to give you maternity leave, you can't deny it if you wanted to. Oh, I love my job. I'm just going to take two weeks. Like it's, it's illegal. You can't. You're not allowed to work for a period of five months. And that can be one month before and four months after, or it can be two months before and three months after. And you can decide and your doctor obviously has to okay that. And that's at full pay. That's at 100% salary. for So five months, no matter what. And then if you want, you can take another six months or up, let's say up to six months at a percentage. I believe it's something like 30%. But because you're making so much less, the taxes are quite a bit lower. So it ends up working out to closer to 50%, somewhere between 40 and 50%, which isn't bad for another full six months. On top of that, you can take unpaid leave up until your baby is one year old and they cannot fire you. They can't fire you anyway. You cannot be fired when you're pregnant. I mean, you'd have to do something so bad but they can't just decide to fire you. You can take off until your baby's a full year old. The last few months are without pay, but you can do it if you want. And if you do end up going back to work before your child is a year old, you get to leave two hours early every day without having your pay cut in any way so that you can breastfeed. Yay, Italy. 
I mean, that is pretty amazing. That is amazing. So what's your plan? What are you going to do? Take the full year? Uh, no, I'm not going to take the full year, but almost. I may plan, and of course, plan in quotes, because who knows how it'll end up. My plan and my hope is to have to do the one month before and four months after, and then six months of partial. And then after that, just use a month's worth of vacation time and go back to work when my baby is 11 months old. So that's my plan. But yeah, I'm super excited because so few women in the United States, so few working women have that opportunity to know A, their job is going to be there and B, they're not going to have to starve, but they will be earning money. So, Do you know what they'll do in the meantime? Are they going to have to hire a new person? How do companies deal with that? I don't know what other companies do, but from our situation, they have to hire someone because this magazine cannot run without a full-time person doing what I do right now. Uh, they've decided to hire a part-time contributing writer that works with us already because she really knows the magazine really well and she she's qualified. So they've decided to hire her and they're going to just find someone to replace her and she's just part-time. So so that's actually what we're doing right now. We're, uh, we're looking for someone to replace her. Um, yeah, I mean, the good thing is, I mean, when I say my, you know, I'm going to be paid anyway, it's actually not my company that's going to be paying me, but it's the government. The government pays me 80% and my bosses have to pay the other 20%. So they do lose a little bit of money, but it's not tons of money. It's not like they're having to pay my salary plus the salary of someone else to do my job because you know, in a small little company like mine, that would, that could really, really hurt them. So luckily the government, I mean, and it comes from the taxes that you pay, like think of it as disability, you know, you pay into disability as you work. And then if you need it, then you have that money. What is the perception? Do you have any sense in Italy what the perception of women taking that kind of leave off is? I ask because in the United States, there's always this perception that if you accept any kind of government aid, people perceive that you're not doing your part for society, that you're sucking off of the system. Okay, does that mean that if you take your pension when you're an old person, you're sucking off of the system? Pension? What are you talking about? Do Americans not have pensions? They do for people who are older now. Who are older now. First of all, no. To answer your first question, no. People do not see it in a negative... I don't actually know if it was a no, yes or no question. Sorry. They see it as totally normal. That's the answer. It's totally normal. It's totally accepted. It is not looked down upon in any way. In Italy, motherhood is so important. Family is so important. It is the backbone of Italian society. That the idea of not letting women stay home with their newborn babies is... It's unthinkable. It's the same way that they look at their health system. And Italy's health system is not perfect, and I'm not trying to say that it is, but they look at health care, at least on the basic level, as something that you offer your citizens, period. It's like school. You know, in America, you would never think, oh, let's abolish public school. If you don't have the money to pay for private school, you don't get to go to school. That's ridiculous. And that's how Italians see healthcare, and that's how they see maternity leave. Because the family is so important, the idea of going back to work when your baby's a month old is it's crazy. 
because family is so important in Italy, would you say that it affects how women are actually in the workplace? Do women not work as much as they would in the United States? Whereas here, it's sort of expected that if you live in a city, generally speaking, it's going to be a dual income family. Is that expectation not something in Italy? It's not as much. And I actually was surprised when I learned this because I know that salaries are quite low in Italy. I know that, you know, it's very difficult for one person, generally the man, to, to support the whole family because the rent is so so high and, and salaries can be so low. But I actually discovered that the percentage of working women is much lower in Italy than it is in the United States. I don't know what causes that. I think it's possible that it's a motherhood thing. I'm sure it's possible that some companies don't want to hire women because they don't want to deal with the whole maternity leave thing. There's always drawbacks to these kinds of systems, just like there's a drawback to their socialized healthcare system. But would you say that is motherhood the honorable profession in Italy in a way that it is becoming not an honorable profession, at least by perception in the United States. I think that we all believe that it's honorable to be a stay-at-home mother here, but sometimes that's a lot of lip service. You're supposed to be it all now. Although there are plenty of working mothers in Italy, I don't think there's the same pressure to have it all here as, as, there, as it is in America. I think the stay-at-home mom is more accepted here because the figure of motherhood is it's a very revered figure. I mean, this is a Catholic society. They all love the Virgin Mary every bit as much as they love Jesus, sometimes more. There's a very strong connection between Italian children and their mother, even though, they, you know, there's so many mothers out there who kind of get treated like you know, I'm thinking about my own mother-in-law right now, you know, who kind of get treated like the, the servant of the house, and it's not ideal. Besides that, though, I think that there is a great respect for motherhood in Italy that maybe there isn't in the United States. Well, being that you're a United States citizen, an American woman, an American woman who has been living in Italy for the last 10 years, if you could be a stay-at-home mother financially, would you do it? No, absolutely not. I don't even have to think about that. Why not? Because I have to, there's too much that I want to do with my life. And I'm not saying that being a mother isn't doing something with your life. And if there are women out there, and I know there are, who that is their raison d'etre, that is what they want to do. And that is, that's everything and everything else comes after. That's great for them. But that's not, that's not me. True, but your goals and all the things that you want to do have nothing to do with the fact that you work for a magazine. Well, yes and no. Like I mean, I'm, be a, a, I'm a writer and I make my living writing every day. Although the job that I have today is not my dream job, it is nevertheless a huge step towards realizing my goals. And not a lot of people can say that, that their day job is is what they do, is their love, which for me is writing. It's not the exact type of writing that I would like to spend my whole day doing, but it is what I love to do. And I should also point out that just because you work from home does not mean you're not a working mother. 
what they, I think what they call it now is work from home mother, which is a mother who stays home but works. And that might be the best of all worlds, maybe, because not for everyone though, because a lot of women, and I think I might fall into this category too in a year and a little bit, they can't wait to go back to the office because they're kind of losing their minds <laughs> at home with the baby. I can totally see that happening to me. So I think there's a lot of different options, hopefully now, these days. Let's say I was only writing books and I, w- I didn't have to have a quote-unquote day job. I would still be working because writing books is work. What about when it comes to the men? Would it be acceptable for Claudio, who's not too fond of his job currently, to quit and stay home? If you could afford it. Oh my God. Claudio would love to be a a stay at home father. We have talked about this and he's, he, I mean, I, I don't know that he has any idea of what being a stay at home father would entail (laughs) because he has, you know, he doesn't have a kid yet, at least not on the outside. So he might change his mind about that. But speaking uh, only idealistically, the idea of just hanging out with his kid at home and taking care of his kid and making dinner every once in a while. To him, that sounds great. He's like, yes, do it. Get your book published. Become a best-selling author. And then I can be a stay-at-home dad. He says that all the time. But does he realize that if he was the stay-at-home dad, that would I mean don't... laundry and all the meals and things like that? The things that you would expect him to do if he was at home <laughs> every day? Shh, don't tell him. Don't tell him until it happens. <laughs> no, um... I find that that very doubtful, even if we had the opportunity to do that. I think he's the same as me. I think at the end of the day, he would still pursue his his own dreams and his own ambitions that, that don't have to do with his day job. I think most people are like that. Maybe I'm maybe I'm crazy and I don't I don't know, but I think that most people they need to have something that they're doing for themselves. And I think that's why so many moms have blogs now. They're not making money from it, maybe, or maybe they are, but that's an outlet for them, a creative outlet, a way for them to pursue something that might have to do with their child, but it's not all wrapped up in their child. Would though, I mean, going back to Claudio really quick, is a stay-at-home dad something that exists in Italy? I was just going to say, actually, I, I don't I'm sure it exists. I'm sure there, I mean, in, in this whole country, I'm sure there's at least one, <laughs> but it's not a common thing for sure. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Cause it is becoming more common here in the United States, particularly in Seattle. I think it's become much more common. Do you think that Derek would do it? Oh, I think Derek would definitely do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think he would like to. I think he would. I don't I don't know. It, it would depend on if he had gotten a job that he really, really, really loved. But when we've talked hypothetically about it in the past, he's definitely expressed more interest in doing it than I have. Well, I think that's got to be the issue, right? I mean, I think it has more to do with how you feel about your day job than it does about whether or not you could handle looking after kids in a home all day. Mm-hmm. And I think if you have a job that you really love, you don't want to leave that job. You get a lot of stimulation and a lot of self-respect from that job. And I think it just so happens that at least until recently, it's generally the man of the two people. It's the man who has the better job, not because they're any better, but because 
they're more likely to get a better job because, you know, I don't want to go into the whole sexist thing, but you know how it is. <laughs> yeah. But it's changing. I'm not like saying that that's how it, uh, it is completely now, but definitely in the past. And I think in Italy, it's more, even more likely, despite the whole mother worship that goes on here, I think it's more sexist of a country than America is. Are you worried about the change in perception that people will have about you going from cute, not mothered, <laughs> cute, not Am I going to be ugly once no, I have a baby? I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not going to be cute anymore. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no. my God. <laughs> no, you're still going to be cute. I know. I know what you mean. But you know what I mean? Like, you will always be a person with a baby. Are you worried about that change in perception as far as Italian people around you, particularly because Italian men tend to be slightly more sexist, at least overtly, than American men are? I don't. It's an interesting question. I don't see that happening. At least I don't see... It might change the way I'm perceived, but I don't think it's going to change it on my side, if that makes sense. Any sexism that exists towards women in Italy exists towards women across the board, regardless of their mothers, if they're mothers or not. Yeah, I get that. Well, we should talk about that in another show, though. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I don't want to get into that today. Yeah, we'll do sexism later, people, if you, uh, <laughs> if you really, really want it. I would be interested, though, to hear in the reflections of some other people who might be listening who either are stay-at-home mothers or have somehow found a way to balance the two or working from home and being a mother or any combination thereof that you find yourself in. I would like to hear a little bit more about what some of you are thinking and feeling. And experiencing as far as, you know, how other people treat you or think of you if you're a stay-at-home mom, like if you get prejudiced against, things like that. We should leave it there. Okay. You think? I think so. I'm going to try not to perceive you differently. No, okay, try not to, okay? I'm still myself. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany's crossing that bridge that only a few of my friends have crossed from not motherhood to motherhood. So you're going ahead. You're bearing the flag for the rest of us. And frankly, that's a whole other societal thing is that Years ago, if we were born in a different generation, we all would have crossed that bridge by now. Yeah, like 15 years ago. You were almost 40. I know. <laughs> it's strange that you're an outlier. That's a whole other question. Let me ask you one more question, then we'll, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. Are you an outlier in Italian society in the sense that you're an older mother than might be typical in Italy? Actually, it's the opposite. I have talked to so many women in the States, including my sisters, a couple of my sisters had kids post 35 and they all say the same thing. Oh, the doctor, he may, he scares you. He makes you feel like you're too old to have kids, yada, yada, yada. In Italy, nobody has said a single word to me about my age. Nobody seems surprised that I waited this long. I know it's a family society, but I think Italian women are waiting even longer than American women to have children based purely on the fact that they can't afford it. People in Italy cannot afford to have children young. In Italy, 40, 42 is becoming really common to have kids at that age. And I'm 37, so I'm still, I'm still like a young chicken compared to these people. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it's been it's been a surprise. I really thought I was going to get a bit of like a talking to from, you know, the doctors, but nothing. Absolutely zero. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, let's leave it there. OK. And until next time, I'll talk to you then. 
And we'll talk to you then and send in your thoughts about motherhood or parenthood for those of you who are men. Fatherhood. Stay at home <laughs> fatherhood. Whatever. I'll end it there, though. <laughs> Am I ever going to end this podcast? Am I ever going to end it, Tiffany? I don't it's think so. It's starting to feel endless right now. No, I am going to leave it there. It's starting to feel as long as a pregnancy. <laughs> no, I really am going to leave it there. I'm going to say goodbye. Okay. Goodbye, Tiffany. Goodbye. This is the bittersweet life. I'm Katie Sewell. <laughs> I'm Tiffany Parks. Okay. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. We welcome your questions and your feedback. Reach the show by emailing bittersweetlife at mail.com. That's bittersweetlife at mail.com.